Hey, it's Jupiter from Manlius, New York, a.k.a. the 5th Planet Keyforge, with my little buddy Harlan here, thumping and jumping, and I also have my co-host with me, Drazcore. How you doing, buddy? Hey, good. How's it going, guys? Hey, so we ran out of houses to talk about. <laughs> we did. So we did. Guess... All the houses. So, done. Yeah, so I guess now I'm going to have to, uh, we're going to have to figure something else to talk about, right? Like... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, before we do that, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna let you in on a secret. Okay. I'm going to let you on a secret. There's a new thing coming called The List. Have you heard about this yet? The List? Yeah, The List. Yeah, this is a Keyforge thing. Yes, it's a new Keyforge thing that the, United, that Archon, that the United Archon Prime uh, team, who is my team and our team, is mm-hmm. uh, is basically the caretakers of, right? Like kind of like in the... Uh, in the, in the nature of like the swindle has their leaderboard and mm-hmm. you know solar is doing their thing and there's all these other cool things that are happening well uh, i decided to create a new thing a new a new thing for key keyforge and you know me i like like high level play right so i like to push the envelope at the top of the game and uh i came up with an idea that i that i stole from uh a, a tv show called street outlaws have you ever seen that i don't think i have okay yeah so it sounds is... it sounds like something from the 80s that uh, had a Really no, low no. budget. No, it's still on now. Um, it, <laughs> really? It, it, okay. Yeah. Basically, what it is is it's a it's a it's a series that chronologues like the street racing scene in Oklahoma and like around the southern states and stuff. But they basically are street racers and they basically have this thing and like everybody has a spot on this list and you can challenge people for the spots and they basically bet on their races and stuff and basically they're trying to stay at the top of the list and being the fastest car in on the street. Well, I decided to take that and make it key forge, of course, because that's what mm. I do. And uh, the, the, what's going to happen is, is I'm going to use my Twitch stream and my, um, and my, um, you know, like I'm going to be the gatekeeper, the uh, what I'm calling the, uh, I can't say the word right, but it's ossuary. Ostrary, uh, sentinel. <laughs> it's like it's like basically a sentinel, a guard. Ostrary. I can't say it if I'm not looking at it for some reason. Okay. I, I should have used a better word, but I didn't want to use the word uh, gatekeeper because that sounds like I'm trying to keep people out, which is not what it is. But um, what's going to happen is like there's going to be a, a, basically a list, and it's going to start on the next like probably next week when I start streaming, um, and I'm going to have open invites for people to come and they can challenge me. Um, and then when they challenge me, I pick the game and the type of game that we're playing and set the rules for it, like whatever I think is uh, is is you know fun and then uh you play me in a best of one if you beat me you get put on the list um so i'm going to do that until i have 10 people on the list and then when those 10 people are on the list um they'll play by the rules that i have set aside um for it which is all best of three and uh, you basically play, and you can go up, and you like basically you challenge the person on the next rung above you, right? And then you have seven days to basically get that game done. Once you're challenged, if you're on the, above the person and you don't respond to him or set it up, you're out. Like like you basically drop your spot to him, right? And the person will pass you. Um, and then anytime that you're dropped, you have to wait three days to rechallenge. So you can climb the ladder quickly, but you can't co- you can't go back up the ladder quickly. Like you can drop down pretty quickly if people are challenging you and that are beating you but going up is the hard part and so the the object of this is that at some point there is a king of the hill and uh basically the number one spot is the person who is the best online um tactician of keyforge because Mm. because the people who are challenging get to pick one of the best of three formats that i I created um which are all based off of the ones that are standard so there's gonna be best of three um there's gonna be archon best of three triad reversal survival and um auction 
and um, okay. each, of, each of those are and then there's a sealed option too but the sealed is going to be real simple because it's going to be like pick your sets and what the person challenging will get to pick two sets the person that's being challenged will get to pick one and then there you know you basically uh, alternate right so that the person that is challenging has a bit of the advantage and the way that i'm um countering that is that when you get challenged with one of these formats um the person that's being challenged has a right to veto one time so like if you go okay. i want to play reversal and you're like hell no i'm not playing reversal yeah, 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 you get right. that so one that. you get that you get that one you get that one <laughs> veto so that way that's a little bit of like you know ma making it so okay. you don't have to play everything right like you don't have to if you okay. want to but if you use your veto you have to play whatever the second thing is so okay. um and that's the same with me as the with me as the gatekeeper basically i'm gonna state and say hey we're like for the gatekeeper i think what's gonna happen is i'm just gonna pick like one thing type of thing and like that's what it's gonna be it's gonna probably be just be like a, a best of one archon and like you okay. just, we, we're just gonna play and i'm gonna match your sass or something to make it fair um and then like once you get past me though you can then challenge the number 10 spot and basically from there you're on the program until until that until you either get on or you lose when you lose you go off and then you go to the back and so i'm going to have the list of 10 people and then i'm going to have uh five people in reserve to challenge for 10. so like once i hit the five there i will close basically i will close the list until those five people filter up and then once that, those spots start to open up again i will open the list for people to challenge me again to get back on the list um and so like the idea is that you have 10 people who are active and you have five people who are on standby and then like uh you know there's a i have something every during my streams that will keep me entertained um because you have to play me online and out live and doing that and then when these people are making their games for the actual list i'm going to record them and make a a, a tv show kind of out of it like where mm. uh, i can you know i can try to record all of them and like uh think because there's only 10 people right so there's only so many games that will get played in any short period of time so um i'm i'm kind of excited for this because this is something okay. i've been thinking about and i wanted like something that would be like an ongoing thing and this is it and then to top that all off every quarter we're going to do a top eight people on the list like that have the most points we're going to create a point system for this so when you're holding like you know first place you get 10 points when you're holding 10 place you have one point and then like every you know so often like every week or so like we will tally up the, the the times that you hit a certain position and you'll get those points for it so if you're like coming on to the list and you go one like 10 through one like right up the, the list like that you're gonna get like uh you know, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 points for that week because you held that spot. So if you Got hold it. that, if you hold a number spot, you get like points for that spot. So like, uh, and it's basically inverse of where it is. So if like 1 is 10 and 10 is 1, obviously, and 5 is 5 because it's in the middle. But like, you know, so like it's going to inverse itself. So like um, there's like, it's tactical in who you challenge, when you challenge, and when you get pushed and stuff like that. And once you're challenged, you can't challenge the next person so like if somebody below you challenges you before you challenge the person above you then you have to play the person that challenged below you and then you can challenge the person above you if you win so like uh there's a timeliness to it too right like to get these uh these games in so um i'm kind of excited about it i think uh it's going to be super fun and i hope that people like it um and uh it gives me something to do being you know the quote the quote unquote ostiary that is going to uh th you know be the the entry point to the list right Right? And then I will keep up with all the points and stuff myself. This is something I'm doing like as a, a person in UAP and not as like a KFPL, but uh, KFPL kind of comes with me. So um, we will be posting it all on the KFPL site as the list. So hopefully that's exciting. Cool. What do you think? Yeah, no, it sounds, I mean, any interesting new format that uh, gets you to play a little differently is always interesting to me. Um, yep. you know, 
well, more ha- about trying to do different stuff. I have a PowerPoint that I'm working on that I'm going to put out so that you can get all these details like in real uh, time on the YouTube channel. Um, but by Wednesday, I promised it. So um, cool. that's, that's where it will be. Um, and, uh, you know, I would, I was, I've been thinking about something like this for a while, but then when I saw Swindle do their leaderboard, I was like, yeah, this feels great. And I'm, and I don't know if you guys know about this, but the final Swindle, uh, uh, Karen B, if you don't know about it, talk to her or Zeramis, um, but they basically adapted a King of the Hill style, uh, SAS leaderboard that they're doing now that, uh, they adapted out of the Swedish league. Um, and so like they have this cool thing where it's like you can pick up to three different people to challenge per you know be on the list basically three times and they have like you can challenge sas cap 39 40 41 42 43 44, 44 all the way down to like 90 plus um or whatever and uh like uh it's really fun like it's kind of just neat and it gives you reasons to play people at certain different things and you're always playing person in the same sas and uh it's a really well balanced casual like cool thing and uh it's been really neat and they're tracking like who can hold their spot the longest like the most games and stuff like i think mr k-pop was the last time i saw was had had a streak of seven on his deck um pretty good i know i'm in i'm in the queue to play him so i want to i want to see if i can get him off of it but take him down yeah so so like that's a fun thing and so when i when i started doing that i was like man this is really fun but i don't like the idea that i'm stuck having to play a certain sas number right Mm -hmm. so i was like Mm -hmm. i was like i was like maybe if i do this like street racer thing like this would be cool and a cool way to do keyforge so that's where i came up with it so Props, gotcha. to gotcha, and, gotcha. And, props to Karen B and her her leaderboard, and uh, the, the the Swedish people that uh, helped her create it and the, her teammates. Um, yeah, I'll have to check it, that out too. I've I played in a couple of her uh, tournaments mm-hmm. uh, prior, but not not this most recent iteration. That they were always fun. So yeah, I'll have to check if, that if out you're, also. If you're not in the final swindle Discord, you should be. So hit up mm-hmm. Karen yeah. B, get the information. Um, they're doing a lot of things, and they're trying to pr- to you know, be proponent, like, you know, propel Keyforge forward. So, and they always work like uh, me and her talk a lot. So like, uh, we try not to schedule on top of each other. Very helpful, very open, like relationship. Like even when I, I, I came up with this idea, I talked to her about it. Um, Cause I didn't want her to feel like I was stepping on her toes. I just wanted to make sure she knew that it was coming. Um, and you know, they, they're like, we both have the same opinion. We think that if people are creating Keyforge for people to play Keyforge, like things that are cool and new and unique, um, that is good for the game. So like, uh, Working with Karen is always easy, and I, I, I appreciate the Final Swindle group a lot, and uh, they are doing great things over there. Um, now we have Swindle, we have Coat, we have like a Solar panel. Is, I don't know if they're still going. Um, you know, you have a couple of new people stepping up now um, that I've seen, like a guy named Seb is starting um, the causal loop um stuff like that so if you're not on like twitch and on social media and stuff like that all these people are trying to promote the game and build things for people to play in so that's really cool i just hope that people don't step on each other's toes and start like dual eventing i think we you know there needs to be a bit of organization with all the different groups and i I know i'm open to listening so if people you know have things and they want to cross up i know me and karen talk all the time because we are like you know we we respect each other's space, right? Uh, we used to sure, do that. We sure, used to sure, do sure. that with Sanctum, Sanctimonious when they were doing their stuff. We respected each other's space. We always try to give a heads up of what we're doing and like where we're going to be and what time. So that way, like, because we don't want to like scheduling two events feels like we're ripping the community off to me, right? Like you want to make yeah, sure that everybody have a yeah. right to play in everything. That's the ideal, right? So right, you don't want to force people to have to choose and make it hard for them, right? You you want mm-hmm. them to be able to you know give folks as many options as they can, participate in whatever they. Can can right and the more options the more it helps folks with you know schedules that are a little tricky right you know uh 
I, I like to participate in as much as I can, but you know, kids and stuff could be hard sometimes and work and so on and so forth. You know, yeah. I'm technically on call right now for work, so hopefully nothing goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is it's a recorded thing, so we could stop and go again. So that is true. <laughs> Not that a big is true. Deal. But uh, <laughs> if you hear a big pause in the thing and a switch of tones, like it's probably because something happened. But uh, yeah, we'll yeah. If you hear this little uh, SOS uh, Morse code signal, that's my phone going <laughs> off saying, "Oh my gosh, something's blowing up." Yeah. I have that set up. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. So. It's funny that we're talking about tournaments and lists and stuff like that. But uh, did you hear? Also, we broke the the news about season three today, on yeah. on the weekly. So if you haven't listened to the weekly, go listen to it. But basically, it's uh, five deck sealed survival. Um, every round you play, you choose two of your decks, and if you lose two, you go down two decks. And once you're out of decks, you're out. Um, so there's there's handicap situations where you might be playing against a guy that has two decks and you only have one deck at the end or whatnot. But uh, basically, you're gonna get five decks. Um, like sealed decks and they're going to come from a pool of five of each set so you have 25 decks and you have to choose five from them right and five we think five is a good enough number that like you shouldn't get a total pile um and uh you know you'll have something competitive and so it's 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 something new exciting uh we thought it would be cool and neat um it it allows for a big group um so that's neat too we don't have to be as sectional because uh basically we'll pair down up so the people who are winning will get the buys um and then we'll make sure that this like the buys work their down so if the same person's at the top he won't always get the same buy or he or she you know will basically work it down so that nobody ever gets two buys so like if there is everybody has that's left has had a buy then the, then will be the top person again and it will go down and everybody but nobody will ever have more buys by more than one uh in the tournament so that's the that's the idea right Got um it. so we're gonna be planning it that yeah, way just- yeah, just from a format perspective and, and me personally, like that really speaks to me. You know, I love to, you know, look at a pile of decks and be like, ooh, which of these is like better than it seems, right? And and what do I think I can can get a good angle on here? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, in a sealed environment, it doesn't need to be the best deck ever. It just needs to have enough tricks for you to get you over the edge. Yeah. enough times and yeah we, I, we, sounds cool we wanted to bring something new and like we've already done triad we've already done adaptive so it's time to do some sealed mm-hmm. right like it's just yeah nice. and you get survival out of it so it's even better right uh-huh. like you get into two yep. um but uh we don't know how much longer the kfpl will go on because once organized play starts up and we have vault tours and stuff like that the the, the kfpl will go on we will still do things but um they might not be the same right like we might yeah. not have a full league we might have like tournaments into a bigger tournament kind of thing or something but like uh, the, the future of the KFPL is like going to always try to adjust to fit the need, right? And uh, right now, I think we're doing pretty good. And uh, I was really excited about this format because I think this is a very fair uh, format for everybody. Um, and so, like, we're going to see some skill play. We're going to see some good ch- decisions. We're going to see interesting decks. Um, I've always enjoyed our sealed events as far as, like, the competition goes. So I'm very excited for it. But with that all said... <laughs> and we'll actually get to what we came here to do talk we, about. We have topics? Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, we do have topics. We have two topics that we wanted to talk about. Um, and the first one we're going to talk about is this thing called SAS capping. Um, uh-huh. So a lot of these tournaments that we're talking about, um, a lot of them have been SAS capped at 75, 80, whatever. Um, you saw in Coat, they had the SAS scaling, the stepping up, where it's like 60, mm-hmm. 62, 64, etc. And then they're going to go back down for the fi- for the finals and stuff like that. So uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about SAS capping and stuff. So um, I'm going to let Jaskar, you tell people what SAS capping is, and then you tell sure. them what you feel, how you feel about it. And then I will give you my retort. All right, all right, let's do it. Let's do it. Retort. Oh, you think 
we may have different opinions perhaps we'll see all right all right so <laughs> I, I i'm pretty sure so, we do yeah I, I think so too just yes so uh so what is it right so so sas right is a score generated by dexif keyforge uh based on corathan and some other folks's thoughts on how strong these various cards are and what sort of synergies they have within your deck and it gives your deck a, a rating um a rating score and so a sas cap is hey for this tournament you cannot bring a deck that is greater than whatever that cap is 75 right and so uh you know i think 75 is a pretty common number because i think a lot of folks have you know 75 and below once once you start getting over 75 or 80 you know if you look at the bell curve of scores for decks it pretty quickly starts to thin out for for many folks and you know i think some folks would argue that hey you know if you get to really high sass only only folks who are either very lucky or have a lot of money are, are going to be able to um you know have enough decks there to, to maybe be competitive now i really like sass cap but not not because of that reason that sometimes folks use that they just gave right like i, I i'm i'm perfectly happily playing you know full open archon and you know whatever the SAS is that that's cool but reason i like SAS cap is because i'm i'm a big fan of just various constraints forcing me to use a deck that i might not otherwise pick because i just like playing a lot of different decks with a lot of different variety so hey SAS cap 80 comes out cool i'll play something there 75 that sounds cool you know whatever it is uh this coat this step ladder you know i i, I sort of like this situation where i had to what what of my 60s did I think was the best, right? What of my, uh, you know, 66s, right? And and that was like a fun thing for me to try to figure out and say, okay, I'm going to go into this match and uh, I'm going to bring something that I think gives me a little bit of an edge. So I, I like it um, for, for, you know, for that reason. What, well, what you, about you, Jupiter? Well, <laughs> well, you can keep your Fifty Shades of Keyforge, right, with your constraints. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> just kidding. But uh, the idea here is for me is um, Sascap. Like, I don't mind it, right? I don't hate it and stuff. But like, the thing with Sascap is, is all it does is it changes the focus of of the game. Like, anytime you have any kind of constraints, people are going to be able to find the good decks that are in those ranges. And even sure. with a Sascap of seventy five, you're still going to be playing against decks that are well above your your, your pay grade as far as like how you how you play them and stuff like that um maybe there's more decks that are good under 75 than there is in the obviously in the top end of the pool but the thing is is like there's always a top like two percent of that of that range that is going to be better than anything else so just because like people aren't playing nothing but high quality cards doesn't mean that they're not still playing very high quality cards with lots of combos at that range right like so you basically you're shifting sure. off you're shifting off of value decks and, and and decks that have like full value at the higher sasses and stuff because they're playing high quality cards to cards that ba to decks that basically you're playing like combos and and things that basically win with bursty things um so i I, I think that a lot of people just think that SAS is balancing, and I don't believe that like SAS capping is, is a balancing thing. I think that it's more of a uh, redirected focus thing. Yeah. And I yeah. don't know I, if, I, if you see what I'm saying there. but I, I do, and I, 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 so, I, so I agree, right? I think there is definitely, I think, you know, if you drop the SAS cap, uh, or if you, if you lower it, certainly the deck's, you know, we're going to get worse and worse. But yes, you're right. There's still going to be that that long tail of stuff that's better than than the SAS might 
might otherwise say. Um, I don't know. I just like trying to figure out what those decks are. And, um, you know, it also fits into how I like to try to play each of my decks 10 times. Uh, I'm pretty far from actually having accomplished that, but but I, I strive to do so. It gives me a reason to play decks that I wouldn't play at just pure open Archon, but, uh, um, you know, would play here. You know, I like, I also like, you know, things like, um, you know, the Archon's Corner was doing their, for a while, doing their daily tournaments where there was always some strange um, constraint. And that, that was always fun. Um, you know, I, I remember the one that I, I thought was funny was the, um, uh, what, what was, it, it was the uh, Why You No Kill Witch. And so you had to bring decks with witches, and, <laughs> but your deck could not have more, uh, more than five uh, creature control. <laughs> so it just changed up the game, right? Yeah. And, and you know, it was like fun stuff like that. I don't want to play that format like every night, but like to mm-hmm. go through my deck list and be like, okay, what what do I have with some witches that that doesn't have creature control that that could be fun here? Yeah, enjoy. And so, and so the spirit of Keyforge when Richard Garfield created it was that his vision was that he thought it was cool, and this is like something he said that he he thought it was cool that you could have a person that could pilot one deck and make that one deck their personal thing and like basically play it just better than anybody else, and that they had their one unique deck, right, that they got to play and stuff like that. I think Sascap kind of discourages that because it makes you play a variety of things, and it doesn't really necessarily mean you push into one thing or another. Um, I don't believe that Sascap will ever be used by FFG um, in any major tournament or anything like that. So, like, I, I, I this is purely an online yeah. thing. It's purely, like, a quality of life online thing. Um, and I think it's cool in, in, in all, but, like... I just my problems with it is is the is like what you said was the original reason of why people think Sascap is important because well it stops all you big whales like I'm a whale <laughs> right like I have lots of great decks right but like in all in all honesty like it doesn't stop me because you know what at a Sascap of 75 I'm still playing a Martian Generosity with two uh, key abductions deck like you know like it, it's still gonna happen I'm still gonna play my binite my binite rupture with key charge and uh, you know uh, flowers to, so, soldiers to flowers with martian generosity I, i'm still gonna play those decks and uh mm-hmm. you're still you're still it, it's just a matter of like that's because i hunt decks like i'm looking for decks that are good um and that's like what the fun of keyforge is for me right because i can't trade for black lotuses but i can find a black lotus um and so <laughs> and so like that's the idea right like um like my magic days like i'm just I, I hunt for cards that i think are good and i i look for decks that have lots of good cards um and that's that's the nature of keyforge and no matter what type of game you play you always have people that are, are chasing gold right um, but I think that like a lot of people right now are vested too heavy in SAS cap. And I think that's why the, the, there's like a slowdown in the market and stuff because people don't have to have great decks, but once we go back to tournament play and we're doing live things and stuff like that, there's so many bad habits and so many things that have happened because of TCO, not because of TCO. I don't want to make it sound that TCO is bad because they saved the game, right? Like they, they sure. put, put us on life support and push us forward. So when I'm saying don't like blow up my words and make me sound like I'm TCO hating, I'm not, I'm, but I am online hating, I guess online play hating because, 
because everybody cheats like they all look at their their opponent's cards like and they look for data and they look for as many you know advantages as they can and I, it, it, when i say cheating i guess i'm just saying cheating in regards to like how you're going to play the game on a table against somebody at a right at, at a the, the, yeah right. look at your opponent's that, like, like, card for two minutes and that's I, it yeah i guess yeah. cheating isn't the word I, I guess i should say shortcutting right they're shortcutting yes. the game um and they're not counting cards they're not thinking about things they're not putting their brain through the the the, the rigorous um things that have to happen in tabletop versions right um that's why like when we go back and go, go to a vault tour like i would not be surprised if the first vault tour winner was like nathan or or or, or, or justin from uh tabletop royale because they've been playing the game the right way the whole time right like uh, they play against each other and they get a lot of looks and reps in they're, they're getting their 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 mental iq on and you know and they're great players so like i think that they're going to be polished and you're going to see them finish well in whatever event they go to um and like and i'm sure there's other people around the country that are still playing in person and keeping their their focus uh good but like i said like even like in kfl i would say i'm always very 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 adamant to say this i'm looking for the best online player in the world because the <laughs> online player just might not is be, a little different it might, it might not be good yes. in, in 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 the real world so um that's why the sas capping and all these things online like they they, they they're cool and I, i'm not i'm not downplaying them but we're getting close to going back to real keyforge and uh when we go back to real, wood. yes when, when we go back to real keyforge i just want people to, to understand that there's going to be a rude wake up um the game <laughs> the game the game is going to get real again and it's going to it's going to you're not going to if you if you're developing bad habits now, they're going to continue. Um, and yeah, you, I, and I certainly have. And you're, and I, I used to be really good about spending the whole two minutes looking at my opponent's mm -hmm. card, really thinking about yeah. what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. I, I've lost that. I, yeah. I gotta. Yeah, I'd have to go back and re and relearn that. Yeah, so if you're gonna go back and be a live player at some point, man, start kicking these habits. Like, I don't say you have to do it for the online tournaments that you're playing in and stuff. Obviously, like take every advantage that is there for you because like the other people that are playing for the money or for whatever reason they're playing for, like they're playing hardcore. They're gonna look at deck lists. They're not gonna you know quote unquote play fair. That's why you can't you can't monitor that online. So because like unless you tell them not to have cards, right? But even then they just go to DOK and put in the deck name and they can look it up, right? So it's like right. there's just so many ways to get information, quick information online. Um, that I think like people are gonna gonna feel it when they go back to real play. And that's the only point I wanted to make. So I wanted to give you guys kind of like the early warning that like you have to retrain your brain. Like one thing in TCO, I don't do most of the things. Like I don't look at my opponent's card as much as like every once in a while I do because I don't really look two minutes either. I usually don't even look at my opponent's card until they do something that I go, oh, that was kind of dirty. Like what what am I looking at here? Like <laughs> you know, like they, they do something that uh like I wasn't expecting or like something that's just big. Like and I'm like, okay, if he did that, like do I have to look for this? Like I want to know, you know. So I'll look, but I'll peek, but like. For the most part, I try to stay off of my opponent's uh, identity card. I try to stay out of their, you know, I, I only look try through. To remember. Yeah, I, I look through their graveyard and stuff because that's something I can do. Um, but sure. like, I try to stay to the things that I know I can do in real life versus like what's going to happen online, right? Like, so just yep. a heads, just a heads up. If now, you're, yeah. Now, uh, what, so so I, I I agree. You know, I think the one thing we should mention, which I think is interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, just in terms of to, to go back to SAS cap and, and, you know, FFG tournaments and whatnot. I, I agree. I don't think we'll ever see like a vault tour, official vault tour format with, with SAS cap anywhere in there. Well, but they, they the, would have to acknowledge SAS and that's not going to happen. 
Well, they did at Albany have a side event that was a SAS capped. Did they? They that, did. That's, well, that's not FFG, I, I think, though. That was um, Yeti, right? Like that was sure, Yeti sure. Doing it. it was Yeti, but so. but that was at their event, right? So that was yeah, that, that was interesting, right? So uh, yeah, and it was it was. I remember it being semi popular. I I didn't. I was doing some other thing at the time. Uh, playing in some other events, so I, I didn't sit there, but I, I noted that there was a number of folks that, uh, that that sat and played in that, and I think it was like SAS, it was a cap of 60 or something like that, if I recall. Yeah. Um, I could believe that. So, like, I mean, yeah. like you're, you're always going to look for alternate ways to play, right? Like in, in sure. Magic, Magic was never meant to be EDH, right? But now EDH is the biggest form of Magic. Like uh, for you guys that don't know, but it's like Singleton basically. Um, and like instead of building a, a proper deck, you know, you build a deck of one card up to a hundred. So like it's a way different format. It was never meant to be the format, but like it got popular and it's big. And now like with the way that everything has gone, like it's the bigger the bigger of the formats. I think. Like uh, interesting. It's, it's quite a shift in landscape for magic but like uh at the same time um like i i, I people are going to find ways to play different types of, of tournaments that's going to always happen i just don't think that sas capping will ever be an official like ffg like big vault tour type qualify for anything uh type, of, right. type event like sas capping is yeah. going to be local like locally held and it's going to be at the uh you know at the level of like you know the person that's running the event goes hey we're gonna do this and uh, because you don't have to put it into gem as a sas cap you just put it in as a regular tournament and if it mm -hmm. was capped it was capped but that's that was on the person that is local to it right so right, um, right. That, that's just how i feel about it and like um like i said guys like the real world is coming again at some point so <laughs> it's a good time to start to focus that brain if you want to make it competitive again um and by no means am I discouraging anything that's happened. I, I love what has happened through COVID. I think it's built us as a community. It's great. And I, I'm just doing some naysaying and some doom saying, but uh, uh, I don't think I'm coming at it maliciously. I'm just trying to say, give you a fair warning that like, like, heed your habits uh because uh <laughs> like habits are, are a big part of any type of professional or like competitive scene and uh the worse your habits are the the more that you're going to handicap yourself you're going to have rough days at the at the table so to say so um i'm just giving the fair warning ahead of time because i guarantee you when we watch that first vault tour if you're at that first vault tour you're gonna hear all kinds of people going oh i made this misplay i totally missed about the curious stories oh, oh i made a misplay <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't ready for the quixel stone or oh my god i had to play against quixel stone or, 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 oh my god i didn't <laughs> have to play against heart of the forest there's a theme here right right Right. <laughs> so like uh, these are all cards basically that are going to change the dynamic of the game and that's what our new series is going to be about um, yeah. and oddly and oddly enough um, Curiosaurus was going to be our first card but there was a great article on Reddit, so we decided to pass on it for now. Um, as uh, we'll come back to it. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll come back to it later. But we didn't want to be in the short light with them, so we switched to Quixelstone for our first card that warps the landscape in the way that we play uh, uh, Keyforge. I was about to say magic, but uh, so magic. Get out. so so so. <laughs> The idea of our new series is this. It's like Keyforge is meant to be played with Amber, and you play and you make Amber, generate Amber, make keys. Um, and basically there's a back and forth with that, with creatures fighting and doing all the big things and stuff like that. But what happens when FFG prints cards that change the way you play Keyforge? Um, and we want to talk about all these cards, and we want to kind of uh, give you an idea of like how to 
think about these cards and how to use these cards effectively and how to properly plan to go around these cards if you run into them and uh, the things that you will need. Um, so with that said, uh, Draskor, kick us off yeah. with Quixelstone. Tell us, what is a Quixelstone? Well, so the so-called Quixelstone was AKA the first Fun piece Rock. of amber discovered by the Quantum's crew. Hmm. <laughs> that is the flavor text. Uh, so is. it is, yes, it is an artifact uh, out of House Star Alliance. It gives you an ember pip when you play it, and it says if a player has more creatures in play than their opponent, they cannot play creatures, hmm. which is that is a big deal, right? Um, the majority of a lot of decks, not all decks, but the majority of a lot of decks are out there are creatures. Um, I would, I would so say, I would say a majority of the deck have has a fifty percent creature rate, like some a lot more, yeah. some some a little bit less. But like I think the lowest creature count I've ever seen in a competitive deck is like thirteen or so, like twelve, thirteen somewhere in there. So yeah. that means that, yeah. that that means out of thirty six cards, that means that. You know, fifty percent of your deck is 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 affected by Quixelstone. That's why it's in this conversation, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so absolutely, and, absolutely. And it's also known as the Fun Rock, just for you guys that didn't. The know. Fun Rock. I have not. I'm not called it by that. Yeah, but, uh, I, I, I could start. I give props to the uh, the UK group because uh, Carl and the CKM guys and stuff like that. But Fun Rock is the name. That's where I first heard it. So I'm assuming it came from the UK group, and uh, they call it the Fun Rock. And some are sarcastic about it, and other people are dead serious about it. So <laughs> it's a uh, it's a I guess it's a it's a point of preference of like how you feel about this Quixel Stone. Yeah, oh. it is. It is divisive, right? The uh, there is definitely folks who really like it, and there's folks who won't even play against <laughs> it, right? Like I've definitely, uh, you know, picked up a, a you know queued up a Quixelstone deck, gone into you know the competitive queue on on TCO, and just had somebody come in and say, "Hey, I'm not really feeling like I want to play against Quixelstone today." Thanks, but no thanks, and and basically left. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was on the competitive queue, and I've heard it happening even more on the uh, on the casual queue. So, not not everybody wants to play against this card. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know why you wouldn't want to get practice against something. Like, I don't care. Like, if you're like. If if you're on TCO and in competitive for sure, like competitive, right. like it means that you're looking to play your deck against stuff, right? Even mm-hmm. even in a I got my butt kicked by something, you can learn something. So sure. I, I don't run away from games. If I lose a game, I ask for rematches. Like I'll take as many rematches as I can get because I generate a lot of de- data off of just playing my decks, like um, and learning things about my decks. Like uh, the deck I just opened, my '88 um, SAS one that has like uh, double mimic gel, uh, two infernuses, two EAs, like uh, like just. Lots of really horrible things to play. I lost Spice. my I, I lost like my first ten games with it because I kept trying to make three reassembling automatons for every game because I have two city state interests as well. So I'm like, ah, oh, mm. this is this is the way I need to play this deck is I need to just build these things that can't die because they don't have bounce. I'm gonna get rid of all their bounce. Oh, I have a no name in this deck too as well. But uh, like <laughs> like I'm I'm gonna do that and like I'm just gonna make automatons. Well, what did I learn in my first turn ten games is I got my butt kicked and I'm like maybe this deck isn't as good as I thought it was. And then I said, wait a second. Let me shift my thinking, right? Like I'm obviously doing something that is not good in tying up all my mimic gels on reassembling automaton, right? It's cool to have two maybe in some cases, but for the most part, 
using my mimic gels to be in furnaces or to be no names or to be like, you know, Legatus Raptors even or, or something different, like has way more value than array assembling automaton because they can die and they can come back and I can use them as something different later. So um, that was a lesson. It took me 10 games to learn is like, stop making reassembling automatons, even though it's really funny when your opponent's like, you have three of those things and I can't get rid of them. And they're just, mm -hmm. e and they're just eating Amber with city state interests and stuff. Right. So, but well, to your point about practicing, right? I do think Quixel stone is a card that helps a lot when you practice with it and mm -hmm. practice against it because mm -hmm. it it is tricky it is like you have to change a little bit how you play your deck or play against it in order to be effective mm -hmm. right um so i think w one of the powerful things about using quicksilstone is it can really it can really block your opponent's game plan if that game plan is heavily or even partially creature based mm -hmm. right uh, and, uh, you know, now you yourself, right, also have creatures. Mm -hmm. So you have to also understand, well, how do I play my creatures, not just, just their creatures, right? Mm -hmm. um, you have to think about, okay, well, how many creatures do I want on the board versus, versus them? If you leave them always ahead, right, mm -hmm. then you have the option of playing a creature later on if you want. But if, if you're ahead on creatures on the board, then they have the option. So there there's definitely some some trickery and hey, I got to prioritize playing maybe just my more, most important creatures, um, preferably maybe with immediate play effects. Maybe I kill my guys after that. Um, you, you have to think a lot about, well, how important is this creature really to me? Um, and it probably isn't as important as, as you think when you maybe first play that deck. Um, so you, you just got to value your creatures differently. Yeah, and the Call of Discovery, the, uh, it wasn't this past one, but the one before it, um, Zach and, and Ed had uh, Karen on um, from the Final Swindle, and they were talking about card value and how like you know how that is an effective thing. So if you haven't listened to that, go listen to it. It was a great podcast. Um, Call of Discovery, A+. Plus. Um, they're, they're great guys. Definitely. Um, so um, th those guys basically, you know, they were talking about card values and stuff like that. Well, card values are a little bit different when once like stuff like Quixelstone hits the board, because now when you play a creature, you have have to play a creature that gives you an effect that is going to matter if you're locked right because mm -hmm. like me playing a igor into a quicksilstone that has no creatures on the board seems good because i'm going to get three cards to look at and i get to pick one and play one but the problem is is like now i have a two power creature on the board that if i don't have a way to get rid of it or they don't choose to get rid of it like all it's good for is reaping for one like that and then then quicksilstone decks are built to get value off of the board state right like they like you know they go hand in hand with like transporter platform or you know in a lot of upgrades and like pips off of upgrades or they play a lot of action cards with bounce effects and things like that with creatures that have play effects that give you value like it's all about value and amber value and it's basically like small bits of value right like they're basically going i don't want burst value i want sequential value and um so that's Quixelstone in a nutshell, right? So um, I think that that, like playing against Quixelstone is is a real is a real test to your knowledge of what cards should I play and which cards should I not play, right? It changes the yep. mentality of the game versus before you might just want to just throw out as many creatures as you can and play the the you know the the, the old rush theory where it's like I'm going to play as much value as I can. I'm going to always be checking, right? Like I'm going to always be checking. You can't do that with Quixelstone. 
right? And you that's should why. be discarding most of the time, actually, right? Mm-hmm. Which is which yeah. is interesting. It's different. Mm-hmm. It it's, feels bad, but but it's probably the right thing to do. Yeah. So you're probably sitting there asking yourselves, well, guys, well, how do I beat Quixelstone then? If Quixelstone is so oppressive and their decks are made to win with it, right? Because we talked about uh, Transporter Platform. They also have things like Auto Encoder, which is uh, absolutely insane when you have Quixel because you can just discard for value and put things in your archive. So you can just shuffle through and get as much of your uh, pips back as possible quickly, right? So I'm going to let Drascore uh, tell you, how do you beat a Quixelstone? Well, uh, I think you gotta you gotta play them against or play their own game uh, against it, right? First, don't get frustrated, right? Because I think part of it is mental, right? In that, oh, I can't do what I was trying to do. I can't do what my I thought my game plan was going to be before I sat down or or entered you know entered the room on TCO here. So so don't don't get uh, don't get frustrated, right? And discard all but your most important creatures. Um, if you already have creatures on the board, right? maybe you, you fight to kill your own dudes and fight your, your two power guys into their five power guy and kill your two dudes and leave their one guy left. Like that, getting yourself behind where your opponent is in terms of, of number of creatures uh, you know, may often be, be the right thing to do. Also, know what their key creatures are right they may have one or two creatures in their deck that they really are going to want to play at some point in time uh and they may be angling to try to make sure they can do so so uh consider that what are are they going to try to to play out or you know hey are they just going to try to play as many pips as they can right because right that's often what you're trying to do in a quicksilstone deck is just just play as many cards for Amber as you can. So, uh, you know, know what they're trying to do. Um, and of course, you can always just bring hard R, right? Bring hard artifact control to blow up their Quixelstone and, and wait for the right moment where you can just lay down a whole bunch of dudes uh, when when you do blow that thing up and, and get the advantage again. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I was about to ask you, I was like, is there another way you can play Quixelstone? If, if you're the Quixelstone player, is there another plan that could be put into action? Like, is it all about like small bird? Like, I we we talk we we, we yeah. recognize the fact that they're playing the slow like amber build game and basically control game. But is there another way that you can play Quixelstone? Absolutely. If you notice that in their Quixelstone deck, say a good example of this is Z's deck. He has two Quixelstones, but he also has a Tachyon Pulse. So mm. what he can do is he can play his Quixelstone and get into a loop to where he can blow up his Quixelstone, do what he wants to do with it, and then replay a Quixelstone, um, which doesn't sound like too crazy. But the thing is with that is, is that he's basically freeing up his turns to do whatever he wants. And then he can come back and like lock the game down so that you can't go back over the top of it. Right. So that's a, that's a pretty substantial thing sometimes. And um, so like the biggest thing with Quixelstone is, is like when you see Quixelstone in their deck is first thing you do want to identify their win condition because there's got to be something that says, Oh, you know, transporter platform, or maybe they're playing like, you know, Dracker with like blasting shields or something that is going to generate some kind of weird Amber battery. Right. Like, and like uh, they're going to have a way to win with, the Quixelstone in play, right? But you also have to look at maybe they're not that type of Quixelstone deck. Maybe they're the kind of Quixelstone deck that goes, I drop Quixelstone early because I have a great long game, but I need to get to it. So they use it as a time 
mechanism more than a creature denial mechanism. They're basically going, eventually I'll draw my, my artifact control and like I'll blow up my own Quixel stone and then I'm going to go and I'll be in a great position because I've been able to auto encode and put things away and get myself to where I want to be in full in full swing and get my engine online, right? Um, so Quixel stone has multiple ways to play and basically attack their opponent um and the key to beating a good quicksilstone pl player or deck is to know how they're going to do it and like how they're going to get to you right um when we talk about Heart yeah of the there's i'm oh, sorry when we oh, talk uh, when, yeah. when we talk about Heart of the forest in the near future like if you didn't see i'm going to tell you to go see this game now go watch the game that me and z did with grant and jason this week on the channel because jason had to beat grant in game three and Grant had his heart of the forest established. And like a lot of the, it was like funny. Cause like I was go, like, we were all trying to figure out like, how does Jason win this? Like, it's going to be so hard. Cause he had no hard R um, and go watch the game. <laughs> Just go I'll watch check that game. out. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So, but uh, well, I like recommendations for good games for sure. For oh, sure. that game was fantastic. Game three, of, <laughs> game three of that matchup. Go watch it. Like, even if you don't watch one and two, go watch game three. It was incredible. Um, some of the best Keyforge playing I've seen in League, period. So Awesome. So, all right. So, if I'm... Let's say I want to bring a uh, Quixelstone deck, right? And I want something that's going to be uh, real juicy, nice and oppressive uh, for uh, for my opponent. Like, what, what other cards am I hoping to have in my deck? What other things am I hoping to have in my deck? I mean, I think one and two is what we already mentioned is transporter platform auto encoder. I think those are the two big, easy to see targets, right? Like those mm -hmm. are the ones that are in the in the light. But what do you think would be some of the sneakier things? Well, I also, there? yeah, I also really like stealth mode mm -hmm. uh, because that now you're really locking your opponent, right? If you have multiple stealth modes, hey, you drop a Quixel stone and you play stealth mode. They, mm -hmm. There's really very little they can play at that point, right? And um, in certain situations, you maybe they just have to pass, discard some cards and pass their turn um, if they can't play actions and and they can't play uh, can't play creatures. So stealth mode is is a big one, and timing those stealth modes are really important. Mm. I think there's some other cards that are maybe not quite as strong as as those three, but are pretty useful because they allow you to um, you know. Do other things. Move through your hand or your deck uh, more quickly, right? So I really, um, I really love Captain Valjerico. Yeah, because it's a one of creature that's pretty big. Like five with one armor is pretty tough, and um, she enables you to play actions out of other houses, which allows you to play more pips, right, in the long mm -hmm. run, right? And then if your opponent goes up on you, now you have a chance to still cross house with her and stuff. She's obviously just so good. She's number one Star Alliance card for both of us, right? So like, mm -hmm. it's a uh, I mean, she, her with Quixelstone is always an absolute plus. Like that's amazing. So, definitely. What, what else do you got? Com Officer Kirby's good too, right? So, yeah, he's definitely he's weaker, but at the same time, in the equation now, if your opponent's thinking about the equation and maybe not wanting to kill your creatures, now maybe they should kill your creature because Com Officer Kirby again, you're playing actions, artifacts, upgrades out of house, mm -hmm. right? And that's that that that's always very useful. Yeah, I mean, with Quixelstone, you're playing a game of chicken. You're going, hey, mm -hmm. I'm gonna if I play a creature, it's gonna be so good that you're gonna have to kill it, 
and give me the advantage to come back and try to come in under you and play another creature behind your creatures because then I get two for one, right? Like there's mm-hmm. a there's a, there's a definite like attrition gain type thing going on every time you have a que- a creature interaction. So, um and like like you said like Kirby's like um even like the um well, Calm Officer Kirby is the one we're talking about for this yes. situation. And right. uh, e- but even Subject Kirby can be decent because you can eh. play you can play it with like if your opponent has one creature in play, you can play him and get to another house. That's still substantial you because you can get into something that might be better than that Kirby, but like not definitely not as good as the Calm Officer obviously, but um, yeah. yeah. I also like uh, Information Officer Gray in this yeah. situation because you can start archiving yep. your your out of house creatures. Yeah, it's and a, uh, it's the ineffect yeah. it's the ineffective uh, auto encoder. <laughs> sure, sure. But, well, yeah. if you're playing uh, Worlds Collide, uh, you know, then then yeah. uh, Quixel Stone, then yeah, you're doing you're doing something like that. Yeah, if you're playing, yeah, Mass Mutation, de- definitely auto encoder. Really, you know, any. Uh, any of the logos cards that let you quickly move through your deck and allow you to archive creatures, th- those are going to be useful, right? So that that combo of of logos and Star Alliance is is good, is very good here. Yeah, I agree. I like it a lot. But mm-hmm. yeah. So what else do we want to talk about on Quixelstone? Well, so there's um, let's see, I've got a few few notes here. So <laughs> I think uh, when so one thing I've noticed, right? We've been, I've been playing a few different uh, triad, uh, triads online and whatnot, and I've noticed I have a reaction, and I know other people do. When I see Quixelstone, I, I get this reaction of I should ban that deck, <laughs> like, and I have to sort of walk myself back sometimes to be like, wait, wait, wait. All right, let me let me truly think about this because that may not be the right move. Right, I, I think I yes, I can't play potentially the initial um, um, uh, game plan for some of my decks, but but that doesn't necessarily mean I should just knee jerk ban the uh, this this deck. So I I think it's interesting in a triad because because it's going to draw some bans, um, but I think you also need to think think yourself about it. I don't know. Have you seen a lot of people bring in Quixel to to triads? Um, I can't think of any in KFPL right now. I know that in KFPL, really? okay. I know in K- KFPL season one, uh, for adaptive, there was a double that was Z had a double quixel. Um, that was really mm-hmm. good. That was really good. Um, I'm sure there probably is a quixel stone, but I have not seen all the decks, so I can't say off the top of my head if I know that knowingly that they're actually, I could look it up right now while we're talking about it, and uh, I can look up the list for KFPL and do a search for Quixel and see how many are in the KFPL. But you talk about, like, move something along uh, with this as I look that up. I'll sure, right sure. So, um, so, so that is actually interesting to, to, to know what, uh, yeah, I'm curious. Uh, how many in KFPL. Yeah, the, uh, so I did look up how many Quixel stone decks have come, come up in uh, Vault Tours. Now, you know, obviously, Vault Torres ended partway through Worlds Collide, so we, we didn't get the whole thing for Worlds Collide. We also didn't get Mass Mutation at all. But in terms of uh, top finishers, um, I found two decks, only only two decks with uh, with Quicksaw. I don't know if only is the right, really the right term, but it was interesting. They were both sealed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so at Indy, 
the second place deck uh, had a had a Quixelstone, as did one of the 16th decks, right? So one of the decks that made mm-hmm. tied for 16th day two. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. The second place deck, Ilbref the Graycell Mayor, had 20 creatures in it, so relatively high creatures. Only 13 raw ember, a double Taliga, which is almost I don't know. It feels it's interesting, right? It's it's a good value creature if you can get it out with well, having, having your Quixel down. Well, having two um, means that you draw it more too, so that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's it's like a creature you want to play in order to do well, right? And at 13 raw ember, it's not like you got a ton. It does have Kirby and Gray, uh, and it has a stealth mode. So that's interesting, but it does have a lot of creatures. So I think uh, the person who played this deck, I think, probably practiced with with Quixel decks and had a good idea of what to do with it. Now the other one, the one that came in uh, 16th place, only had 14 creatures. Um, interestingly, it was a 63 SAS deck, um, and it had 14 14 pips of raw ember in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. They, you know, I could see somebody who who knows what they're doing. You know, with a decent, even though 63 sass, not amazing, mm-hmm. uh, but with only 14 creatures rolling through day one, playing against folks who maybe don't have as much experience going up against Quixel, mm-hmm. and then uh, doing, doing, uh, you know, getting getting stopped once they get to day two. That was Montgomery of Moonward was that deck. Mm. Interesting stuff, right? Like, uh, quick note about kfpl is there's zero quixelstone i was not wrong so there's... interesting huh yeah, I was gonna say, I, now I... do you think see i, I i'm surprised i don't know i guess maybe i you know where have i done it i guess i've done like abr i've done some other like tournaments and stuff but I, i've seen them a few times right um um I, I i don't know maybe it's just me i i have a reaction when i see it and i have to talk myself down from that ledge the other place i think is interesting is with adaptive right so I think it, it, it's hard, I think, sometimes just eyeball a deck and know uh, with Adaptive how you want to uh, bid uh, against that Quixelstone deck. So it makes, I, I think it can be an interesting thing to bring to to your Adaptive, um, to your Adaptive match. Oh, for sure. Like, uh, I think that uh, Quixelstone thrives in Adaptive. I think that is the place to play it because, again, it's a game. It changes the way you play the game. And if you're not used to playing Quixelstone, you automatically have an advantage in Adaptive, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because, like, you know how to play it, so you're going to be fine against it. Then if your opponent jacks it up, like, bonus to you, right? Like, you're ahead that much farther ahead. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, and I've definitely played against some some Quixelstones and Adaptive, right? And what you need to identify, I think, when your opponent brings a Quixelstone deck to Adaptive is, uh, and I guess we haven't, I don't know if we we haven't said this yet, is the Quixelstone deck actually a Quixelstone deck? <laughs> and what I mean by that is, are you supposed to play the Quixelstone, or or are you not, right? And if you're going into sealed or Adaptive, right, especially sealed, that you may get a deck with Quixelstone in it, but you look through your cards and say. I should just discard Quixelstone, or I should only play this in emergencies. Um, um, you know, I, I I feel like in KFPL season one there was a Quixelstone deck that I um, that that I played against where uh, I think yeah, it wasn't was it, it was, yeah it was, was that the one I don't yeah. know maybe yeah, maybe it's a, it's but a uh, it's a double yeah the uh, you were in um, Group A right. 
Oh gosh, I don't remember season one. I feel like it was not Z though. No, it um, wasn't maybe Z it... actually. You were not in group A. You were in a different group with somebody else. Yeah. With a quick it, it that rarely got played. Like he would yeah. discard it most of the time, I remember. Yeah. In any case, I think looking in your sealed environment, looking at that deck and understanding is this something I want to play or not is is gonna be something you want to figure out real quickly. So getting practice with Quixelstone decks to figure out uh, what uh, what a good Quixelstone deck might smell like, just by looking at the Archon card, will help you in those early rounds of of sealed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't know, Quixelstone is like just a monster to its own, and uh, I mm-hmm. think that it can be a trap card. Like especially like you're saying, in adaptive. Sometimes it's good to play a, 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 like a Heart of the Forest deck and be like, haha, look at this Heart of the Forest deck. You better play this Heart. Oh boy, I'm gonna play Heart, and then you play the Heart, and you go, man, that's not really great for me. Like <laughs> this deck doesn't yeah. really like both of my Heart decks are not Heart decks. They have Heart yeah. in them, and they're mm. like it can be useful. Um, to catch up if I'm behind, but my deck, both of those decks are meant to play fast. So like, if I'm behind, it's a good like wait timeout. Let me see if I can get in position to win. But uh, they're not. Uh, heart is not why that I play those decks. So, um, yeah, it's just interesting. Like we'll see what happens. But uh, with mm-hmm. Quixelstone, I think. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if like there's anything else you want to talk about Quixelstone, but I think we've uh, we've we've pretty run yeah. pretty much run this stone into the uh, into dust. So. <laughs> I think uh, it's a fun card. It's an interesting card to play with. I think if you guys haven't played with it as much, I'd recommend going out finding a deck that's got maybe a couple of those other cards we mentioned that's got something interesting going on, not too many creatures, decent number of pips, and give it a go. I think I think you'll have fun. Yeah, and if you have a card that you want to hear us talk about, uh, please make sure you submit to me or Drazcore the cards that you want us to talk about um, that you want insight on, and we'll be more than glad to, to try to work those in as we go through the series. Um, and again, uh, thank you guys for listening. This is... Uh, I, I don't know if Drazcore has anything else he wants to say before I, I, I go to cut oh, this. I think, I think we're good. I think we're good. So, uh, yeah. everyone... Happy foraging. Yeah, this is Jupiter from Millius, New York, reminding you that uh, the list is coming, and uh, <laughs> make sure make sure that uh, you're just enjoying your KeyForge, right? Um, it, the time is near. Uh, we'll be back to playing face to face again soon, and we'll be moving towards that world's competition. So make sure you're peeling those bad habits. Make sure you're still enjoying the game, and make sure you find your your uh, forge and just keep forging. So we'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs>